right, welcome back to the only podcast on the internet. We've been busy researching life and what it means, and guess what? We no clue. still have not fa- found out the answers because all we do is look at memes all day. What are memes, you ask? We don't know. But anyways. They are the gold of the internet. Yes. Yes, they are. I don't even know how you treasures, make them, Internet treasures. Um, welcome uh, back to another episode of Topic Topicocalypse, where four sometimes more individuals sit around a table talking about things they may so or may used. not know anything about. If you like that, <laughs> you can catch the entire show on Patreon.com. How soon, Brian Kane? As soon as Josh wants to record it and put it up. Well, we're, 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 we're recording now, so as it's soon as Josh wants to put it up, as soon as I feel like putting it up, that's right. For only a dollar or several a month, if you're feeling generous, we don't currently actually have any people giving us money, so we'd really appreciate. Get on that. it, people! You can listen to it, and Patreon with us, you know, is now so popular after their oh, uh, dude. Yeah, did you guys hear about that? No, no. They're taking more, right, Gerald? They're taking more of a percentage from people. From the that's people correct. That, from so the if you're if you're on the lower tier as far as uh, contributing, whatnot. Now it's less enticing for you to do so because more money is now being charged. So for individuals charging a dollar, I think two dollars, five dollars, whatnot, their their Patreon is going to take more money out of it or away from the actual people who are trying to benefit from it. So it almost makes it. Uh, I don't want to say it makes it relevant because every dollar counts to anybody who contributes to to the Patreon cause. So, but it just. You know, the company Patreon itself is going to take more money away from either the contributors or those who benefit from it. It's it's the patrons. The last I saw was so like if you donate a dollar, it's going to cost you the patron a dollar thirty eight just to get the dollar. There. Just Wait, to get, and, so. and then the and then the Patreon the people that are actually putting the shows or whatever out there get ninety five percent of that. So originally, I guess it was ninety-five. It was it would range. It was a weird range depending on how much you, you got and how many and the transaction fees and stuff like that. So now it's the the patrons, the consumer, if you will, actually get to uh, take the hit instead. And so most support. The, so support Topicocalypse today on GoFundMe. Yeah, yeah, but even uh, sites like Podbean now you can do. They host video podcasts and you can actually charge people to watch them. So it basically operates. The same way that Patreon did, but they don't take any money besides your monthly fees. We're gonna have to go on Twitch. For now, you should go on Twitch. For now, I mean, you see what happened to SoundCloud, and and yeah, and especially we'll see where net neutrality goes because that could be a whole other bag of cats too. Um, poor cats. All right, so hey guys, uh, we are going to be talking about I so I was watching. I've been trying to catch up on Star Wars because the new Star Wars is coming out and. Wait, what? I, There's a new one coming out? I would have never known. What? Disney bought Star Wars? Um, anyways, they had a... I don't Because I don't remember a lot of them. Because I remember the, the prequel trilogy left kind of a bad taste in my mouth. So I didn't... Like, I watched it once, and I didn't really watch it after that. So I've been going back and watching them again. And episode one... Man. Sure, whatever. It's Man. working! Episode two was the most bearable of the three, I think. I don't know. Where do you what? guys stand on that? Episode two was the most bearable? Out of the first it, three, out of one, two, and three. Oh, out, no, I thought of, the first one was way more barrel because it didn't have Hayden Christian whining the whole movie. No, but, but you get but past the, the whining, and there are some no. some cool action sequences. Okay, yeah, yeah, when the clones come down for the first time, that's pretty cool. I feel like the second one, I would agree with you, Josh, because it moves the story the most forward. Right. Of those original, the prequel trilogy three. 
Because I, can... I think because the second one deals more with the investigative format, and as from that sense, uh, it it actually plays off a lot better, and actually is the movie of the three prequels that will actually endear itself the longest. That's why people love that one more. Well, I don't say love, but like that one more of the three prequels, which are pretty much in comparison, not even close to what the other three movies are as far as in the hearts of Star Wars fans. Uh, Gerald, do you feel, does that, is that your sentiment as well? Do you agree with what you just said? Or do you like one of those three more than the others? Uh, Attack, Attack of the Clones, I think is if you got to sit me down and watch a prequel, because I'm really not in love with the prequels either, I would say Attack of the Clones actually is far and away the best of the three. And that's not saying a whole lot because even Attack of the Clones is, I can't put Attack of Clones next to four, five, and six. No, but right. but like I think the first episode one was big for me because I grew up watching the original three and at home and stuff. But episode one was the first time I got to see a Star Wars movie on the big screen. Right. It was cool yeah. because it was fresh it and was, it was new yeah. to us. Yep. I saw that six times, four of those yeah. times with my grandpa. <laughs> yes, so yes like, I, saw, I spent wow. a lot of time with the movies yeah. my grandparents watching. Yeah, so them. I think there's a, there's, I think, Justin, for you, there's like an emotional value attached to it because oh, you're bringing back sure. that moment, but looking at just what's on the screen, regardless of Every time of I see a new trailer emotion. for any of the Star Wars movies, like for whether it was Force Awakens or the, the, new, the newest one, the Last uh, Jedi, last Jedi uh, it, 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 it takes me back, it, you know. Well, anytime you're sitting in a theater and you see that the scroll go up the screen, like dun, I think it's mostly. Dun, dun, dun. I think what does it for me is the the soundtrack. Yeah, it gives mm-hmm. it gives me goosebumps every time I listen to it. The most underrated part of the entire Star Wars franchise yeah. is John Williams. John Williams the soundtrack. Yes, he was sorely missed in Rogue One. Well, that's uh, Michael Giacchino who did the Incredibles and did Up and stuff like that. And so he's Disney's kind of well, next big guy. It was, it was big a guy. it was a great it's soundtrack, a but soundtrack. it wasn't it wasn't John Williams. It's not Star Wars. memorable. John Williams did Indiana Jones, E.T., yeah. Back to the Future, like all of these great hits that we know. John Williams is the reason, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons why we can associate Star Wars. Yeah, like that yeah, Star yeah. Wars instant. That's actually like my favorite part of going to Disneyland is sitting in Star Tours. Yes, and hearing yes. Music like yeah, it just yeah. it gives well me... that and feeling like you're in it. Yeah, that used to blow my mind as a kid. Gerald, so you're from Las Vegas up there where the uh, with lots of gambling and deserts and stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you I've been, feel? I've been here since '95. I was formerly from. <laughs> you're formerly like, I'm from. Not, I'm I am so not now. native. All right, so how? <laughs> How do you feel about Star Tours? Like, when was the last time that you came down here to check out the old Star Wars land? It was actually in 2017. So I Ooh, came here. Oh, and every time, every time we go to Disneyland, because we go to Disneyland pretty much either every year or every other year. Okay. Uh, we actually fun, have to go through Star yeah. Tours. It's just a must. Even though it's, it's been the same thing for now for quite some time. It's still a, a tremendous ride because, like you said, you get that thrill, you get that rush of the Star Wars feeling. And for me, that's gone back all the way back. And since I'm an older viewer and whatnot, it goes for me back to the first time I saw an actual Star Wars in the theaters back in 1980 at the uh, the original, the opening day for um, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back. So for me, it, it truly still means something special for you know, to watch us and experience the Star Wars. And now it's great because I can experience with my own children 
who are uh, nine and twelve, which are really makes it uh, worth. It's like it's like a renewed experience with it's, that I can watch it with. Them. Right. Well, how do you how do you feel about them going from it's the same one every time? So now you get like multiples now. Isn't there and like they, four they, or they, five different ones? Well, there's a bunch now. I think there's like ten, oh, and wow. they, they keep That's adding more and more. From, from what I understand, they were trying to make the lines move faster, so they didn't have to keep reloading the video every time people were getting onto the. Oh, oh is that what it was? So right. Just, exactly. So it comes loop. in from both sides. You're you're sent out to uh, like two sides of it now. And like I think ten lanes total for it. Uh, the one in Orlando as well. You know they just you know they they try and like you said they're trying to do the best they can to shuttle those people in and out. Even though there's still considerable, even with a fast pass, it's still a considerable amount of weight. Yeah. Do, do you guys uh, now we're, we're on, on this topic? So let's just uh, roll with it for a second. second. What do you, do you think, think there's going to be when Star Wars Land opens up in both uh, Anaheim and Florida? Do you think if they keep Star Tours in uh, Tomorrowland, uh, tomorrow do you think there's, there's going to be a disconnect, disconnect between, between that and, and Star Wars Land? Do you think that's going to feel weird to people? No, no. I think it'll just give no. them. A, I think they'd be smart to do it that way because then you get people texting across. Yeah, yeah, you encourage them to, to go to different places. And then they spend, spend more money, money on different types of food, different, different souvenirs, stuff like that. Buzz Lightyear's Pizza Kitchen? Personally, I think they'll probably close Star Tours. Really? You think or so? They'll, or they'll move it in uh, and maybe uh, renew it in uh, the Star Wars land. They'll probably uh, make it something entirely, well, familiar but different. They'll, they'll make an all-new experience from it because, like I said, I mean, I've, I am not a regular consumer. I go there a year, uh, maybe every other year. But every time I go, it's been pretty much the same experience now for pretty much most of this century. Yeah, I have a pass. I go pretty Holler. frequently. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. The, still the lowest tier wrong. pass. It's still a great time. And I, like I said, I really enjoyed it again because I went with my daughters for the first time But still this year. But still, at some point in time, Disney's going to say, okay, we've been doing this now. This We've had this attraction for so many years. Right. At some point in time, maybe what want, even though it, to me would be great advertising for Star Wars Land, if you like this, go here. I have a feeling they're going to try and keep everything consistent in one area. Right, and separate the Tomorrowland rides, which are the rides of the future, from Star Wars. Because right now, that Star Tours is that merge of future, that, although it's a far, far away, long that's time ago. And if they yeah. buy Fox, they'll they'll have to put it somewhere, right? All their yeah, stuff so. there. For, yeah, so... What a raw deal Fox had on the distribution rights to Star Wars. <laughs> That's their own fault. <laughs> Despicable Me 3 ride there. So. No, no, I'm not. Oh, like an X-Men ride. That's universal. Universal, yeah. universal, yeah. So, Gerald, I wanted to ask you, so you talked about earlier the anticipation of the Star Wars ride, uh, of the Star Wars movie in the 80s when you went to go see that original. Do you feel as much buzz about the movies now nice. as you do, or as you did in the 80s? Um, I actually feel... Uh, like I said, for me personally, I got that vibe back from my daughters. I was kind of, you know, I I was still affectionate towards the series. I still liked it. The prequels kind of bummed me out and kind of uh, distanced me distanced me from it uh, because of the way it was received and the way I saw it in the theaters, it was just there. Kind of kind of let me down as a series. But Disney and and Lucasfilm, they have done a great job of promoting. The Force Awakens back two years ago. They did a great job of creating that buzz, and it did create that excitement for me again, almost to the point where I was so excited for Return of the Jedi because I didn't have a clue really. I had seen Star Wars on TV before I saw Empire Strikes Back, but even as a 11 year old kid, I didn't know what's going on, didn't have any clue when I was shuttled off by my uh, 
sister's husband at the time. And we went uh, to the first showing, got up at five o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning to go see it. Big, long, mile long lines, everything you remember, you know, that you've seen on, on film from those right. old days where you've seen the mile long lines and whatnot. And we got there on the first showing and I still didn't have a clue at then until I actually went in and experienced it and saw the people screaming no because of this, you know, the big spoiler that was released and, and people's cheering and, and crying on the, you know, experiencing it in theaters. And it's just so funny because when you go today in 2015, 2016, 2017, you really don't get that kind of audience participation that you once did. But still, even with my girls there, they give me that renewed sense of, of energy as far as an excitement for the film. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing The Last Jedi very soon. Do you think that it that has anything like people's excitement towards the film has anything to do with now it's it's become sort of like Marvel films it's a cultural or a societal uh you know you need to see this everyone's so so that you can fit into conversations everyone needs to watch this so you know what what we're all talking about what all the hype is about do you think it has anything to do with that I think it does and I think it also the fact that home video has taken a lot of the excitement out of of events like this because like I said, in 1980, we didn't have anything like that as far as really we didn't have VHS out. We didn't, you know, as far as DVDs, Blu-rays, anything like that, all this medium cable TV, broadcast TV, it really wasn't out there yeah, as much. Brands on rocks, right? That's what was going on back then. Pretty much, you know, strings and, and cans and there you go. But <laughs> it, it was so much different then. So you that was a much more of an experience. Now it's it's still very very fun to go to the theaters, and I still see several movies a year. But when it comes to the Star Wars experience, it's not quite the same as when I was going back the way back when in the eighties. But I'll tell you what, it, you know, when you have younger audiences seeing it with you for the first time and they experience it, you see it through their eyes, and it becomes that much, you know, almost that special again. Okay, so this is a good segue into the reason I wanted to talk about this is because. So I've been going through the Star Wars, like I mentioned earlier, and I, I get why it was cutting edge for its time, but at the same time, like it, t t how do you guys think it holds up to today's like storytelling standards? Because I watch it and I'm like, and I think to myself, I'm like, this is good, this is cool. I see why people loved it back in the day, and I love it. But if there was a trilogy of movies that I was going to marathon, I would, pr I probably wouldn't pick Star Wars. What, where do okay. you guys? What sci-fi genre that has come out lately can compete? There are none. Like there's, That's what I'm saying. It's it's just, you had, you've had all these flop after flop of these sci-fis trying to capture the same thing as Star Wars, but they can't. It just depends on your, your choice of genre. Yeah, no, but I'm speaking with just speaking in sci-fi. Sci what was the last sci-fi movie to rival? Like, you mean like the Alien versus Predator or well, like Freddy versus I mean, Jason? The other night I watched <laughs> Valerian and the City or yeah, the was, City of a Thousand Planets or whatever. It was and it it was beautiful. Yeah. What you like okay, what did you think? I thought that it was a beautiful film, but it was very poorly written. Um, it was probably one of the best looking films outside of Blade Runner 2049, which I know you and I both loved. Uh, it was a very beautiful film, probably some of the best special effects I've seen this year outside of Blade Runner. Blade Runner, but yeah, once you get inside it and you try to deal with the story and you try to deal with the two main characters, that was just like dealing with cardboard. And it was unfortunate because it was try they tried to just be a two hours of dry wit everywhere, and it just doesn't it, it didn't hold the mustard. And it was a shame because if you got other actors in their place and maybe 
like you said, better writing, it would have been so much better of an experience because the, the movie itself is so beautiful to watch. Yeah, because it, 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 they, they were trying to do, I think, what James Cameron was tr- is trying to do with Avatar, basically telling retelling the story of the genocide of the Native Americans. And it's like while it was it was stunning to look at, it just wasn't uh, it was hard to keep me into the film. Do you guys see it? No. What? Avatar? Valeria? Oh, no, Valeria. No, no. I didn't see Valeria. Okay. It was very um, hollow. That's probably the best way I can say it. Yeah, it's very hollow. But where, where do you guys, st- where, like Brian, where do you stand on as far as franchise? If you were to sit down and marathon a franchise, like, where, how do you think Star Wars holds up in terms of storytelling compared to, like, say, the Avengers or the Hobbit or and things well, like that? Well, here's my quick question, like, and I'm not being a smart ass, but like, what would you consider like the Twilight movies or like the Harry Potter movies? Like, <laughs> well, what genre would you consider that? That's I think. Let, let's cast or aside even mocking, genres. Even mocking. Okay, okay, so you know, looking the, at basically like yeah, anything the, that's fantasy that's not based games. in yeah. the real world is right. what I'm okay. considering. It's yeah. not based in the world we live in today. Fiction. Anything yeah. fiction. Okay, so if like Hunger it, Games. Yes, if we keep it in that genre. When I judge a movie and like a franchise in general, I'm looking at three things. I'm looking at the story. I'm looking at how it looks and how it sounds. The soundtrack is so important to me, and that's where I think Star Wars is that best example because although it's a simple story, although, you you know, visually, you can follow it. Visually, it's great, and sound, it's perfect. I don't think there's a franchise that does all three of those things as in a beautiful, neatly done bow as Star Wars does, especially in today's visual effects that they can have. In the 80s, I can understand for that time period, those were great. Okay. And they're not three well, hours long. Well, I think not, right. I think that the thing is, a couple of years ago they did a poll, and I think number one movie voted by the public was Empire Strikes Back was the number one movie of all time voted by today's public. Right, and I think there's a part of it too that it was the original kind of pi- not the original, but one like the best yeah. version to that point. Right, space of that, space movie of the space time. Space movie, but any space fiction balls. story is the best depiction of that. It was a story that everyone could follow, but complicated enough to keep you interested. Visually impressive, Great, from a, one of the greatest plot twists you've ever yeah, or you know you, you know by right, today's right. standards, <laughs> a hor- you know, by Game of Thrones standards, it's a horrible plot twist. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, besides that, I think Star Wars does kind of do it the best, and it does help that it's the original. It's the original kind of big multi-movie saga franchise deal. And yes, the prequel trilogy was garbage. Still had a great soundtrack. Story was yeah. full of holes, but visually looked pretty dang good. Yeah, yeah, for the time. It yeah, looked, for yeah. the time it looked good, and that's the same thing in the eighties. And you look at you know, the new ones. The new ones. Well, that's man. The, that's the thing is that the prequels. Yeah, I, I was excited for the prequels, but I think what got me so excited for the Force Awakens was that it was, felt more like the originals. There was more practical effects, not as much CGI, and it just felt. Like the real deal. It was a jumping on point. It's like so they were they were yeah. coming at it. It was fresh. It was new. It was it had a, a great director they and a great writing team. Yeah. Not digital. It was on and film. It was because mm-hmm. I I'd always been of the mind oh, yeah, yeah, like right. what would Star Wars look like if it were filmed today? Take out like George Lucas and the bad uh, CG and the annoying yeah, effects. Yeah. Yeah. And what if you could give put Star Wars in the hands of a capable filmmaker? What would it look like? And then J.J. Abrams made. Uh, the Force Awakens, and I was completely blown away by yep. it. Yes, I would say the only which in- is a recycle of Star Wars, and pretty yes. much when you 
about this. Right. right. Okay. So that's my next point. But what, what were you going to say? I was going to say the only thing I can think of in my mind that would rival Star Wars as far as what's the best kind of, to allude to your question, Josh, kind of the best kind of saga that exists. Uh, I would say Lord of the Rings is maybe the only thing I think that can compete I with can it. Stand with it. Yeah. yeah. Another great soundtrack. Yes. Visually impressive and a great story. Didn't it? But it's long. It's so it's long. long. <laughs> it's it? so long. John Williams did no. Harry Potter. John Williams did the first two Harry Potters, okay. I believe, and yeah. then it was passed along. Okay. But yeah. the, he owns the copyright for the main theme. Okay. Which is what everybody you know associates with the movies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So, I, like, if no, I... Was good. Good. That, was good. that was... Yeah, guys, there's a saxophone player in here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brian Adams. Yeah. Um, I'm Canadian. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Gerald, the, you said it. Star Wars The Force Awakens is kind of a rehashing of, or a retelling of the original Star Wars trilogy. What do you think... How, how do, where do you think it's going to go? Because, obviously, if it wants to stay fresh, it has to kind of re tell a story that we haven't heard before and i know that oh go ahead i'm sorry i know that well ryan johnson rain john ryan johnson rain johnson whatever what's his name rian rian johnson is talking r-i-a-n yeah yeah and his new trilogy is going to focus on a completely different story but what what do you think that story is going to be is uh my question, because I don't want to see well, another like. Well, because uh, the original trilogy doesn't it didn't focus on character. Well, it had characters, but it didn't focus on character. Like, I mean, kind of, but it just seems like the the newer movies are focusing on like internal character struggle and more emotion. Right. Well, it's a space opera. That's what well, yeah, George yeah. Lucas intended it to be. But it, it's more like the the big arc of the story is like an oppressive uh, entity in the galaxy. But what I would like to see is something that threatens all of humankind not just the evil people but something that like that's, that's where disney screwed up because they got rid of all that when they made the books non-canon yeah, which, that's, yeah. How, that's, that's where they had it so, yeah. here's where i think we could still get a big twist because the first one it's the same old story it's kind of a retelling but we can get the, the ultimate twist in this next one do you, and the but third do you think one that is they really that, that new you story? think they did that rehash because like josh said it's a great jumping on point for people who have never seen star wars because it's a rehash of the original i think so because to me it feels. But you also got to remember the 1977 version. They, you know, George Lucas was hoping to make successive movies in the series, but he wasn't guaranteed at all. So he had to make an all confined, one single movie. As far as that, you know, the, the original Star Wars had to have a pretty much a a beginning and an end. When it comes to Rian Johnson, he's given carte blanche as far as how he wants to do his trilogy, so he can have something that plays out over a. a, a you know, much broader episodic venture. Like, like, like uh, the originals never had like cliffhangers. No, no, because they wasn't weren't sure exactly if they were going to be yeah. able to finish them out. Well, from what I understand, uh, the original draft of Star Wars, George Lucas actually wrote all three movies into one movie. There actually was a there. He actually wrote a different version of the second movie. He the the first one was its own movie, and then he didn't decide. He wrote a, a, the second movie. But then changed it all because in the second movie, actually in the in the whole original story, that Luke and Leia were never related. Okay. And then Luke actually ends up with Leia, but then they had to change everything around. Because when he rewrote for Empire Strikes Back, you can. So I had it's read called it's called the that. Lost episode. You can like I know either it was either Marvel or Dark Horse released the original vision of George Lucas in comic book form, I, and you can read it right now. I don't remember who. I think it was published like two, two or three years back. 
I don't know. But it had like the original. His original ideas were kind of. But I do know that there was a there was a completely different script for the second movie than Empire Strikes Back. Right, right. So I don't know where where. So with, I would say with Rian Johnson giving sort of like you're saying he's got this unlimited ability to tell this episodic tale. Do you think that's going to lead to? kind of Disney stepping in and saying, let's make as many movies as possible to make as much money as possible. And is that going to ruin the integrity that the original trilogy had because he had an end line, he had a finish line he had to hit. So with there being, not to say there's no finish line in sight, and I'm sure they've worked on it, but to say, oh, instead of three movies to tell the story, you have seven. Like, is just because we're going to put out a mass amount of content and Disney's going to want a movie every other year, every third year, do you think that's going to ruin and kind of compromise what made the original series so great? I don't, Gerald, what do, you, what do you think, man? Do you think it's going to kind of... I've told you on our show, the Pop Culture Cosmos show, that, that you, you know, I'm hoping that there'll be different universes where Rian Johnson you know, has something on a different end of the galaxy and maybe just sprinkle in some familiar faces from time to time. But I know you were voting for Jar Jar Banks, but we won't go there. <laughs> but um, also as well, I'm still hopeful that the Skywalker saga will not end just with episode nine and that, you know, maybe take some time to gestate and let Rian Johnson's stuff go through for a little bit, but return to that with an episode 10 and an episode 11 at some point in time down the road, because I've invested so much of my life as far as with the Star Wars saga, I'd like to see that continue because it still gets audience. Yeah, as you know, everybody's excited for The Last Jedi. Obviously, you and I talked about the box office numbers, what it's expected to hit. There's still a satiating market for the Skywalker saga to continue even past episode nine. Well, do you think that, that they're going to do a better, a good job of phasing out the original characters for the new faces and then <clears throat> kind of... Yeah, kind of flashback to the original stuff instead of having like this, like the older actors in the newer movies that they're going to try to transition. Like, how well is that transition going to be to the new, like, like you know, Ray and Finn and all these new people? I mean, yeah, you still have Han, you, you had Han Solo and spoiler alert. And oh, uh, <laughs> wait, what? I haven't what? seen it yet. What happened? Boo! I, I haven't seen the movie yet. I, I've, said, I've said to Josh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy, head of Lucasfilm, had said that she wanted Ray and Finn. Uh, and Poe Dameron to extend the life of the Star Wars saga on their end for some years to come beyond episode nine. But then recently, Daisy Ridley, who plays Ray, says, okay, I'm done. I'm out of here after episode nine. So you've got that contradiction right there, which which makes it totally unclear the status of the Skywalker saga going I, forward. I heard her say that she t- that was taken out. She said that that was taken out of context. She wanted to just take a break and do other projects. Other than Star Wars, it, it's hard to know. Like these, they keep so many things under wraps when it comes to Star well, it's Wars. Like, and... It's like Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford never signed. Harrison Ford was the only original cast member not to sign on for three films because he wasn't sure if he wanted to do he, all of them. I think he always. That's hit. why they froze him in Carbonite hit. in the in the second he, movie. He wanted to die in Empire Strikes Back, if yes. I remember correctly. But um, so Gerald, like, where where do you think the story? will go do you think that because i know we talked about this before if walking dead has proven anything it's that people do get tired of pop culture like iconic pop culture phenomenon so do you think that star wars is in any danger of this happening not at least now unless they come out with a total turkey uh, as far as uh, episode nine is concerned because by all inferences episode eight 
the early buzz on it is that episode eight is a well-done movie. If episode eight had been anything less than episode seven, because episode seven is like, eh, it's a rehash of Star Wars. Not, you know, it's not great. It's great for people to get into, but for people who have been with the franchise for a long time, it's like, eh, I've seen better. Then you started going down. If it heads the way of the prequels, then you're then you're in trouble. But as long as it continues on a uh, the same level or goes even further, and it looks like the Last Jedi will do that, if even Episode Nine is close to that, I can see this. Like I said, the Skywalker saga should continue at some point in time down the road. Not necessarily two years after that, but at least it shouldn't be just cut off. And there you go. I feel like Star Wars fans are the most critical. Yeah. Of yeah. any. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's and probably that, why George Lucas didn't want to make anymore. That's right, why the they, Big Bang Theory. I mean, they. Well, that and $4 billion. That's you. <laughs> they just, they have no problem ripping things apart, saying it's garbage. And the general, you know, population will still go see it. But there's that, that hardcore group of fans are so critical. Well, I think hardcore fans for any franchise, they're never happy. They'll never be happy. And you can't cater to them. You can't cater to that small group of people. Because if you make the movie they want, it'd be horrible. Yeah, be no, one, no, no one but them would go yeah, see it. It's a very niche uh, type thing. Well, like let, me, who, let me ask you this. If you were a hard, let's just think of you were a hardcore Star Trek fan, and you've been one from the very beginning, if you saw the original series, and you've seen how that gestated uh, as far as through syndication and became something worth, worthwhile. And then you see Star Trek, a uh, Star Wars come along and totally trounce what Star Trek is doing. And now you've had to sit for the past 30 years and see Star Wars capitalize and, and Star Trek, even though it was rebooted and very nicely, still never reached, you know, come close to what Star Wars has done popularity wise. A lot of hipsters are Star Trek fans. I had someone. I had someone describe it one time as that Star Wars is Top Gun versus Star Trek's uh, Hunt for Red October. I was gonna. I was gonna say Hot Shots. <laughs> I was thinking Hot Shots. Too. <laughs> uh, so I know a lot of people who are strictly Star Trek only. I hate you know Star Wars, but that's like they're taking identity and what they enjoy. Right. That's a bigger yeah. problem with them. That's a topic for another day, but. Right. You know, well, they both. You're able. You should be able to enjoy both and understand yeah. that what you liked first maybe isn't the most popular thing, but that shouldn't take away how much you enjoy it. They both came out in a time when the the science fiction space genre was kind of skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at all the shows on uh, Sci-Fi, Stargate, and uh, you know Star Trek, and there's a few others, I'm sure. Sharknado. Firefly. Sharknado. Firefly. Yeah, Firefly. Firefly. There you go. Um, so that kind of segues into the last part of this uh, little segment here. Do you think that had Star Wars come out uh, today, do you think that it would be as popular as it was back then? I could tell you no. Uh, I mean, th- this is something that's taken over 40 years to, well, yeah, a little over 40 years to to become and grow into a pop culture icon. I mean, pop culture pretty much has been founded based off of, of you know, the, the fandom that Star Wars has created. So I don't see if, if it came out today, it would be considered a great, you know, pretty good movie, but it would never reach the, the lofty status that it is now. Yeah, because it basically was. It was the jumping point for that. So it's like you wouldn't have anything to, like, so based off this of genre off of. 
wouldn't be what it, what is. it is without yeah. it. So no one would be into the sci-fi per se, if, in my opinion, if Star Trek came out first or if anything after that, after Star Wars came out first. Like, I don't think that if, if, Star, Wars never came, built. if Star Wars never came out, I, don't th- I still don't think Star Trek could have got the traction. No. And that's, and that's the thing is, like, if, we, if it wouldn't have come out when it did, we wouldn't be where we're at today with it. That's yeah, true. that's right. Because so, Paramount, Paramount wanted something alternative. That's why they rebooted the Star Trek uh, movies with that very horrible, long, very slow Star Trek <laughs> movie original. Was because that was trying to to offset Paramount, uh, trying to offset what 20th Century Fox did with with Star Wars. That's weird that J.J. Abrams did both of the uh, rebirths. <laughs> That just shows you that he's just a whole just, yeah. He's a whole <laughs> for money. He does DC and Marvel, so there you go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, well, which you guys... Which one does he like the paycheck from more? Exactly, yeah. which one do you get paid off of the royalties <laughs> better? Well, what's his name? Um, oh, yeah, that guy. The guy that uh, the guy that wrote Ultimate... Michael Bendis, just, he's been writing for Marvel for years now. He just went over to, to DC, so it's... I guess it's just wherever you feel creatively needed. Is the only loyalty is the paychecks, you should, maybe. You shouldn't pigeonhole yourself into one it's thing. It's all about the payola. Uh, that's, that's true. That's true. Um, all right, cool, man. Well, Gerald, hey, p- pitch us the, uh, the old Pop Culture Cosmos show here. What's, what's going on? Show us how it's done. There you go. Well, two times a week, uh, my good friend Josh Peterson and I, we co-host a show called the Pop Culture, Pop Culture Cosmos Show. You can find it on Apple Podcasts and over a dozen audio outlets. Uh, we've, you know, we've just been so fortunate. Uh, been nine months in a row, the number one show on the podcast radio network, and we just got nominated for a Discover Pods Awards. Oh, oh, hey. Hey. Thanks, Josh, for letting yeah. us know that. Yeah, you guys so, can vote now. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to listen to the latest and greatest trends and news in pop culture, twice a week on Mondays and Fridays. Just give us a listen. We truly appreciate it. Uh, we've got a lot of great guests that come aboard, a lot of great regular contributors. And like I said, Josh and I always sharing our opinions on various things in movies, television, video games, sci-fi, and so much more in pop culture each and every time. All right. Wow. Well, I got, one, I got one last question, though. What's up, boo? What is, what is, which film has the best lightsaber duel? Ooh. And we'll see you next I, time. <laughs> You know, I, I as much as I do not like to say it, I would probably say it would would be uh, the number the first prequel, the one with um, where Darth, Darth Maul, McGregor, oh, Darth uh, City, uh, you know, the Sith, and also as well with um, Qui Gon Jinn. That that was yep. a nice Liam Neeson. That, that I like that. That, that one's probably to me my favorite. And the soundtrack for that, the Duel of the Fates. Yes. Music. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I get chills. That music, yes, that music was awesome. People call me crazy for saying this, but I think that episode three, the lightsaber fight between uh, Obi Wan and Anakin, it wasn't well scripted, but you're it w- crazy. It was, crazy. It was fun. It was funny to watch. It just, it just maybe like, <laughs> you were supposed you to bring balance to the force. <laughs> I don't mind the General Grievous battle either. I yeah, personally, I like the Return of the Jedi, Luke versus Darth Vader. Yeah, it well, that's classic, but it. It had the disadvantage. But you, ever to the, you ever listen to the soundtrack to that? Yeah, fight? no, yeah. for sure. But it had the disadvantage of being uh, technologically behind. It is technologically modern. limited, but think how great it is with that limited technology. Yeah, yeah. If you read that, that if you did, if you read, okay, look at Darth Vader in Rogue One. How awesome was that hallway scene? Can you imagine the Luke versus Darth Vader now with today's technology? 
That's true. I don't want to. I kind of want to keep that you old know, I do, vintage. I, yeah, no, I do, yeah. but I'm saying that's how good it was. Yeah, right. I, I feel... You guys mentioned it best because Skywalker Sound, I mean, that's how Skywalker Sound was created because of all the great sound effects and the great sound design that they've they've contributed over the years, even from the 1977 film. And I think that, that hits it right on the head with uh, Return of the Jedi. That scene, because of the sound of the lightsabers and whatnot, that creates that ambiance, and that's why people remember it so fondly. I was watching A New Hope today, and I was thinking to myself, I would love to know how they uh, composited and motion tracked the lightsaber duels back then. Yeah. Have you ever watched the unremastered versions? I have the unremastered VHS versions, and I think they're the best ones. Uh, but it, it, it is a drastic difference in visual quality. Yeah, I'll bet. But it, I, just, I prefer the, un, the unremastered uh, ones. A lot I, of people do. I think yeah. that some of the stuff in A New Hope was necessary, but uh, yeah. Yeah, some of the stuff, I, like the whole, like, why the hell does it matter if Han shot Greedo first? I don't care. <laughs> it matters to Han. It looked so much cooler <laughs> when he just killed <laughs> that, him on the spot for no reason. That whole, like, it was just so much better. Yeah, and they had that whole underground argument with Greedo, uh, not Greedo, but it Han was... shot first? Well, no, no, was it Boba Fett or the Stormtroopers that killed Luke's aunt and uncle because the, the Stormtroopers don't have guns that can melt skin off bones. Mm. No, nowhere was it ever mentioned that it was Boba Fett. But people ever. people assume because in Fan Empire fiction. in Empire Strikes Back, when Darth Vader's talking to the bounty hunters, he says No disintegration. Uh, no disintegration, yeah. But that goes back to if you had read the books, that's his favorite form of, of killing people is disintegration. That's yeah, why he that's says true. it. Where does blue milk come from? Blue cows. Blue cows. Blue cows, man. Of course. Or that chick with the weird hair in the movies. Oh, are we talking? Oh, we're talking about a new hope. I thought you were just being stupid. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh. <laughs> I thought that And was with be- that, thank I, yeah. you for joining yeah. us for the second. All right, Gerald, thank you so much you for hopping for on. Super yeah. fun. Yeah, it's great being here with you guys. I just truly appreciate it. And I hope everyone out there just enjoys Star Wars for what it is. And don't take it too seriously and just have fun. Just have fun. It's a movie. Yeah, be yeah. entertained. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gerald, we're going to have you back on a recap Star Wars with us after we see it. So we'll uh, get back to you on this. But, guys, we're going to take a short break here. We will be right back. All right. Thank you. Frank here from Super BS. Talking about the things you know you love and the things you'd love to know. Join us weekly for a podcast about video games. Mostly. That's uh, to us people that can feel things, it, it, uh, it hurts. 